Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heads Up Hockey Podcast. This is your host, Jersey Joe Stanislav, once again. So yesterday, the Las Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Montreal Canadiens to a score of 4-1. to one. It was basically Marc-Andre Fleury kept the Canadians off the board from the start of the the whole entire first period, and that allowed the Golden Knights to begin scoring, and that was basically off of jo- of uh, off of Theodore's uh, goal, the pass from McNabb to Stevenson, who are the uh, first and secondary assists on the play on a nice wrister, nine minutes and fifteen seconds in, and Alec Martinez, the former LA King. Uh, got the goal from uh, Theodore and uh, Smith on the goal. It was a nice slap shot he got, you know, wide open net. Carey Price was mesmerized. And Cole Caulfield yesterday, the former Hockey USA forward, got his first big goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it was on NBCSN for those of you watching it. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, the former LA King, was also the one of the assist guys on that, and so was Corey Perry, and the former Duck right there. Just you know, they connected on that power play goal. Then uh, Matthias Janmark scored. Alex Tuck and Zach Whitecloud connected on Janmark's fourth goal of the playoffs, and it was right on a tipping. And Nick Holden. Uh, got his second goal in the playoffs, thanks to Smith and Carlson. So basically, Marc Andre Fleury got what he wanted. Uh, basically, it is a one to nothing lead in the series. It's a best of seven. So you never know if the Canadians come out flying. So we will go from there, and then Game Three will be in Montreal. Uh, for those of you wondering, the sponsor for this podcast is called Vigit V-I-G-I-T. You can do free fantasy sports wagers using the Vigit tokens. It's free. I do it all the time. I do it for hockey because it's the most easy to remember for me to uh, utilize it. Um, you know, when we talk about wagering, you know, bets, I mean, Vigit is a great place to be. Uh, use promo code HUH2021 uh, to help out the Heads Up Hockey podcast. Um, so the draft lottery we just had not long ago. Um, the Devils stay at four. The Seattle Kraken move up to number two. The Buffalo Sabres stay at one. So really, it was, you could say anticlimactic, but I say... It should it should be what it should be it should to help the team of need more than the other teams, but I do have my draft simulator that I did um, last night 
I saved my word for you, and I'm going to give you who I think will fall to us, and I'll give you why. So, um, with the fourth overall pick, I thought it was best uh, that the with Luke Hughes off the board, the Devils need a goal scorer slash playmaker who, who is from Sweden, connects well with Alexander Holtz, and Braden Clark, I mean, Brand Clark was off the board. Um, yes, I could have gone with a couple other routes like a Dylan Gunther, but because William Eklund's in the SHL, I went that route, and I like the way he shoots the puck. I like his smarts. I like his skating. Um, you know, he's 5'10", 172 pounds, left shot. I'm not worried about size nowadays. Size don't mean anything anymore in uh, this day and age. To me, you know, a guy who had 11 goals and 12 assists, 23 points, a goal scorer playmaker would fit very well with Alexander Holtz and maybe with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer. And you know what? It's good to have, you know, depth with like guys like Doss and Mercer coming up. Who knows if Tice Thompson stays unless he gets dealt in the package. Um, I mentioned Mercer, but you also have other prospects coming up the wings. And Nolan Foote is one of them too. So really it adds more depth and scoring and chemistry and speed and size. And foot brings size too. But um, with a 29th overall pick, um, I went with another goal scorer slash playmaker. Um, this kid I did an article on um, as well as Eklund did. Uh, I did Nikita Chibrikov. Uh, Chibrikov plays for SKA St. Petersburg. He's a left shot. He sh- he shares the same birthday as I, but he is an 03 birthday. I am an 89. So I'm older than him. I could be his brother easily. <laughs> but um, what to like about Nikita Chibrikov is that he's an elusive quick skater. Uh, he's Excellent with the change of pace, his quick shot release, his strong vision. Um, he needs a little bit of strength, but you know what? You know, he, he's going to add muscle. Like, you know who was a similar stature to him? Was a later round pick named Pavel Datsyuk. And what did Datsyuk do? He was great at takeaways and he was very good with and without the puck. And he was able to put the puck in the back of the net. And he was a complete winner. And I would say he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Chibrikov reminds me a little bit of Datsyuk in that sense. Uh, with and without the puck. And then we have a uh, our 61st selection in Vincent Iorio. The right defenseman from the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. Uh, he's described as a big, rangy defender with excellent four-way mobility, strong passes. He's smart, uh, big shot. Does he have NHL upside? You know what? I like the fact that you know you got someone six foot three, one hundred ninety-four pounds. He's Canadian. Uh, Brandon Weekings. You know they do a really good job developing defensemen, and the WHL is really good at developing defensemen uh, in that. Uh, that part of the 
major junior hockey league in the CHL. Um, when I look at the past drafts, um, you look at Ty Smith, who was uh, WHL selection. Um, you look at Bowen Byram, who was with uh, the WHL. And, you know, defensemen are very well developed and drafted. And, you know, the WHL just is really good at doing it. And, you know, Vincent Iorio is a big two-way defensive style defenseman. And the Devils need a right defensive uh, shot who can be that guy that takes up time and space. And it would be beneficial to uh, consider him. Um, 67th overall, um, I went with a uh, left wing from the Tri-City Storm of the United States Hockey League. Six foot three, two hundred five pound uh, left winger uh, Matt Nees. Uh, he is a big playmaker, creative, accurate passer, controls the puck, battles inconsistent play, lumbering feet. You know, um, I'm not so worried about the lumbering feet, uh, but the inconsistent play. You know, it's part of the development um, when you get kids to. Um, readapt and having a big power forward and a playmaker uh, will be good to uh, take a chance on and I think it's good to go after those kinds of players I uh, didn't get a chance to play because the USHL uh, didn't have any games for him in Tri-City um, next one that 99th overall is uh, the MHL's uh, Kirill Gersimyuk, uh, he's a goaltender for SK Varyagi in Morozova. So he is a uh, left catcher uh, type goaltender, 6'2", 179 pounds. Uh, played in 27 games in uh, 2021 and he had 2.59 uh, goals allowed on average. Uh, he had a .931 save percentage. And for a kid like him, you know, I would like to see, you know, him get up to the VHL. And the VHL is like the AHL and the KHL. And, you know, if I were to get a, someone different uh, than Kirill Gerasimuk, I would have gone with, um, what's his name? Alexei uh, Kolosov, but Kolosov was off the board when I took Matthew Gnese. Um, Gerasimyuk will be on a shorter um, trajectory uh, as a goaltender uh, for the MHL. And I think it's good to take a chance on some goalies. And he reads the play very well uh, below... Uh, the, the the traffic up front of him on defense, and he does a really good job of reading the plays and passes the puck uh, wisely. Then we got um, Erie Otter's Connor Lockhart, 5'9", 161 pounds. He's a playmaker. I mean, you know, later in the rounds, you start to take a little bit more risks than you usually want, but, you know, you hope that, you know, with the way things are starting to come back that these kids start to um, get to their original leagues or play in the OHL or play in a different league, you know, 
where they face better competition. Then at 163rd overall, I went with uh, the MHL's uh, MHK Dinamo Moskva, uh, Maxim Motorigin. And he's a six foot tall, 165 pound uh, goaltender, played in 35 games uh, with a 2.14 goals allowed average. Uh, he had a 0.912 save percentage. And, you know, uh, I, st- I talked to Steve Cornianos about uh, goaltenders in vogue coming out of Russia. And he goes, they're in vogue. And, you know, I've been keeping eyes on goaltenders over the years um, in the past many drafts um, I've been tracking. And I like the, the trajectory of a lot of these Russian goaltenders. And they have a really good system in building NHL-style caliber goaltenders. And, you know, when they do go up from the MHL to the VHL, it's a lot shorter than, you know, most North American goaltenders. Um, not to knock on, you know, the Benjamin Goudreau's or, uh, or even in the past, like, you see, like, Carey Price was a really great North American goaltender, but um, they don't make the North American goaltender as good as they used to be. But this is a down year for American goaltenders. Uh, then I had uh, Yanis Jerome Moser. Um, he plays for Biel Bien in uh, the Swiss uh, League, the National League. And in 48 games, he had 9 goals, 21 assists, 30 total points, 10 penalty minutes, 6 foot 1, uh, 172 pounds. He's an overager by three years. So he's a two-way player. I mean, when you play in Switzerland... I mean, you're playing against guys who are um, former NHLers and upcoming NHLers. Um, it may not be as uh, prominent as the KHL, the SHL, uh, the Finnish Liga, or the Czech and Slovak uh, Extra Liga, and, and Germany's uh, Elite League. So um, I tend to think that when you get to the last pick and the seventh round kind of like last year the doubles took a kid from switzerland um not necessarily switzerland i mean in the swiss league but they took a austrian uh winger named uh benjamin Baumgartner, who he was a double overager and uh janis uh moser uh is uh three years over his draft year so he is three times removed. So I think that, you know, at that point, his development curve would be shorter. Um, it would be a little trickier making predictions um, about that. But really, um, I tend to think that once the Devils do realize their, um, their NHL draft boards, they will revitalize um, some things here and there. But, you know, it's hard to predict this year because there weren't as many games, uh, you know, during COVID-19. So it's a bit of a gamble. So 
what do I make of all this going on? I mean, we got till July 23rd and the 24th. Um, Stanley Cup's coming up. You have a lot of interesting um, things going on. You know, free agent rumors talking about uh, Dougie Hamilton being interested in other teams. Uh, the Devils were mentioning that. So were the uh, Flyers were mentioning to it. Um, the Rangers got Gerard Gallant as their head coach. Gallant's a really good coach, but I'm not sure how long he's going to stick, especially when things get pretty high in um, the Big Apple. And when expect I mean expectations are too high, I mean the odds of uh, losing your job are pretty high. Um, it just I think the way it's set up, you know, especially with the cap, you know, you got Chris Drury's their GM, and you know I think they have a lot of cap situations that they got to work around. Um, they have over one point eight million dollars in cap space per cap friendly so it's like um usually don't talk about an opposing team that much um within the division on the podcast but you got to know your enemy which is uh the saying that green day once said um so basically panarin and Kreider are locked up through 20 25 26 and 26 27 so in 25-26, you got these contracts of um, Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad uh, coming up in 22-23. And then Buchnevich is an RFA. He might command a little bit more money. Uh, then you have Kapokako and Vitali Kratsov in 22-23, where the money's going to get tighter. And Alexi Lafreniere in the 23-24 uh, off season, he's going to command a lot of money uh, for a restricted uh, free agent. Uh, then you have Philip Heedle, uh, who will likely command a lot. And then Julian Gauthier, who knows uh, how much money he will ask for. Then Brett Howden's going to ask for a lot. Then you have Kevin Rooney, along with Colin Blackwell. And you have Philip DiGiuseppe, who are going to be coming right up in 21-22. So them and Pavel Buchnevich will likely start cap crunching a lot of money uh, for the Rangers forwards uh, going forward into the new season. And so this might uh, make some trade rumors uh, begin to spice up. And you got the Seattle Kraken with the expansion draft and, you know, the Rangers are going to have to lose someone that they really don't want. And they just brought in that kid, Zachary Jones, and they brought in uh, Lieber Hayek recently. Um, Hayek and Brendan Smith, you know, Smith is a uh, UFA and you have Lieber Hayek, who is a uh, restricted free agent, 21-22. So really... Things get a little bit more complicated because Ryan Lindgren's a restricted free agent, 24-25. Uh, Keandre Miller and Zachary Jones are RFAs in 23-24. Uh, so really there's a lot going on. And um, in 22-23, you have 
Alexander uh, Georgiev and uh, Keith Kincaid can still be a backup goalie because Igor Shesterkin's contract comes up in uh, this offseason in 21-22. So there's going to be a lot of cap crunching going on and um, you're going to see a lot of contract movement within the division. I mean... uh, now, back to focusing on the Devils side of things. I mean, Devils have a lot of cap space, and there's going to be a lot of contracts going on this offseason. Very likely some movement, you know, probably today or even up to uh, free agency. I will let you know what happens next after that. So, you have five guys who are restricted free agents. Uh, on a keep them dump them portion of the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast I'm part of, um, my friend who's the host of that podcast, Jake Wakely, and I both agreed Nick Merkley doesn't fit the team long term. Uh, Michael McLeod, I think, should stay because he and Nathan Bastion both do very well. Um, the Devils will end up making a move pre-expansion uh, draft, and we want to see the Devils keep that Bastion-McLeod line intact, and we just like the way they play, and that fourth line, third line, what you, whatever you want to do with it, um, has been pretty productive. Um, Yanni Kuokinen, um has been a really good, uh, I wouldn't say a surprise, but a great treat to watch, and He's been scoring goals and assists. He's been pitching in. And he's done a lot to help the team grow. Um, Mihail Maltsev uh, is a free, I mean, a restricted free agent in 22-23. So um, we only have to worry about um, Yegor Sharangovich getting a restricted free agent uh, offer um, from the Devils to be tendered. And Nathan Bastion. So I think the Devils will square that off and give them like minimal of two more years uh, extension. But I think Merkley's the odd man out. Um, but when you look at 22-23, um, Pavel Zaka and Jesper Brat and uh, Miles Wood, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bogvist, uh here's the obvious. Let me state the obvious. Jack Hughes is going to get a five, eight-year extension uh, from what I can see going forward. Because um, not long ago, um, Nico Heischer had a contract of seven-year extension um, when Ray Shearer was the GM. And so he's in the beginning of that seven-year contract. And so I think it's best that the Devils do a minimal of seven years uh, instead to uh, match him with Nico so they could piece around the two. Um, Then you look at Miles Wood. Um, Teams might want to trade for Miles Wood, but the Devils might want to hold on to him. Or if they can get a really huge return for someone who can score a lot of goals or create defense. I mean, it's worth taking a look at, but Miles Wood is at 25 years old. 
So it's a little tricky to just trade a guy who's in the middle of the beginning of his prime. Jesper Bratz, 22. Um, you look at what he's doing. He's just absolutely sensational. He's the same age as Nico Heischer. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Jesper Bratz get a minimal two to four years extension uh, because I see him as the the core pieces going forward, uh, part of the Devils' identity. Then um, you look at uh, Pavel Zaka. Um, he's been mentioned as someone who could be in a Sam Reinhardt type trade or uh, someone else might need a power forward center winger uh, who can be acquired for a good value. Um, Jack Hughes is obviously going to be extended uh, to five to eight years minimal. Jesper Bofus deserves an extension ASAP. So these guys are all 22-23s. Bofus deserves at least two to three years um, in, my, in my eye. Um, I just like the way he plays in the top nine. And so if I say no to Nick Merkley, I mean, McLeod, Kokonen, Maltsev, Sharangovich, and Bashan deserve to stay. Um... I don't think Ryan Murray or Connor Carrick or Matt Tennyson will be back. I think they underperformed very badly. And i rather stick with Will Butcher than him. But I think Will Butcher could be in a trade. And Will Butcher didn't get enough playing time under Lindy Ruff. And I think, you know, he could use a change of scenery. And maybe the Seattle takes them on when they are done expansion drafting. So Damon Severson has been rumored to go uh, to another team uh, in the offseason. And I didn't like what Severson said about, um, you know, not making the playoffs. Yes, you want to make the playoffs, but when you say it publicly and, you know, you give it a little attitude... I just think that it's time for that person to go. And the Devils want to get the most out of Severson while he has still has some value for a guy who's over $4.166,666,000 per year. So I think it's smart to move a guy like him and get something in return. Because, you know, it's a lot harder to move P.K. Subban because Subban has an 11% cap hit of $9 million um, towards the devil's salary cap. So it's going to be hard to move PK, but you can buy him out. You can trade him. You can try and expose him to the Seattle Kraken. But as much as I want to see the Kraken take him, it's going to be harder for the devils to move on from him. Connor Carrick's been like... The seventh defenseman, there's only six defensemen that Lindy Ruff will use. So it makes Connor Carrick an odd man out. So, I mean, the Devils really should look into utilizing guys like Jonas Siegenthaler, Ty Smith. Uh, you look at the way they have their um, defense. Riley Walsh won't be here in a couple of years. He'll still be an RFA. Uh, Nikita Ohocha could be mentioned in the trade, but Kevin Ball has been amazing. Colton White will likely be here. 
or the Devils will make a move for a free agent or a trade. And Michael Vukovic needs a little bit more time to develop. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't think he's even worthy of coming up to the NHL. I mean, he's a career minor leaguer. Um, David Quenville might have something going on, but I don't think highly of him. But the Devils look like they're going to make an external move so they don't rush anyone. Uh, Jill Sen uh, recently went back to... Uh, they He went back to HC Davos in Switzerland to be their goaltender. And the Devils still own his rights. Um, Evan Cormier, I really don't see staying in New Jersey. He was more like a third, you know, goaltender backup guy. The Devils have Nico Dawes and Akira Schmid as RFAs. And I prefer that the Devils keep drafting a goaltender. I prefer that the Devils make external moves for the defense and improving the internal team uh, from there. Um, I already mentioned Dawson Mercer earlier and Tice Thompson and Nolan Foote. Uh, Fabian Zetterlund's been a guy that's been popping on uh, Tom Fitzgerald's eyes. And I think he's going to be a guy that comes up sooner than later. Uh, the Swede is a uh, center right winger, and I think he can do a lot of good. Uh, Mason Jobst, I don't know if he's going to make a leap of faith or whatever onto the team and do some good, but um, Nate Schnarr, I mean, could be a good bottom fourth line guy. Grit. Um, Brendan Zinyak hasn't really made the lineup at all. Um, he's just sticking with the team in Utica. A.J. Greer's more of an enforcer type, left wing. Um, he's more like our uh, poor man's Tom Wilson, if you will. Um, Brett Sini, I don't know if he's going to make the jump up and stay with the doubles. I think he's there to provide substance and skill to the Utica Comets uh, who are now the former Binghamton Devils, um, right now for a little sip of coffee. I honestly like Graham Clark. He's a young guy, 20 years old. He's a shooter. He's really good on the power play. He can play center. He's a right wing. I think he's going to stick at right wing, though, and his brother is Brent Clark, and who knows if, you know, Brent Clark does slip and, you know, Luke Hughes is taken before. And I think the Clark brothers are very good hockey family. And I think that having Graham and Brent around would be an interesting thing to have during the draft and post-draft. Um, but both Clarks are very, very good shooters. But um, we can move on to the former Penn State Nittany Lion and uh, Ardene Talvitia uh, from Finland. He's a center. He's more of like our uh, Finnish version of John Madden. John Madden, the f the former hockey player, played for the Devils. You know, was very dynamic on the third and fourth lines. Brought some skill and edge. You know, Talvitia came off a calf injury at Penn State. You know, he 
really is a hard worker. He helped win the gold medal for Finland with Capo Caco versus Jack Hughes in the U.S. in that um, draft year. But I think Talvidia in his play style would add that meat and potato style of hockey. And I think that <clears throat> Talvidia isn't too far off because he has played in the NCAA Division I level. And his compete level will suit the Devils near and longer term. And, you know, I'm not going to want to rush Alexander Holtz. Uh, but I do believe in the fact that when Alexander Holtz gets uh, more accustomed to the AHL and he starts to come up to the NHL when he is deemed ready and confident enough, I believe he's going to do absolute wonders in filling in for uh, Kyle, Par- Kyle Palmieri going forward. Um, like, there's a lot I can talk about. You know, um, look at the fourth period. They have some very good um, information. I like Dave Pagnota and Dennis Bernstein. Uh, so for those of you uh, wondering, you know, they are really good on uh, trade rumors, speculation. They actually know what they're talking about. And they talk about uh, Rene will waive playing options. Pekka Rene is a goaltender who just won the King Clancy uh, um, trophy. So uh, it says here uh, Pekka Rene has played his entire NHL career with the Nashville Predators. The Vesna winning goaltender has amassed 369 wins in 683 games played. And there is a chance he skated his last game this season. Uh, Rene 38 is scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent July 28. <clears throat> Excuse me. July 28 and plans on taking the next few weeks to mull over his future with the Predators organization and in the NHL. He's quoted, I want to give it some time. I want to take a little step back after this season and think about things with my family. And then he goes, obviously, it's a thing that I'm thinking about a lot. But again, I'm not ready to make a decision yet. And then he goes on to say uh, about uh, UC Saros, he says, proud of the guy. Uh, Then he goes on to say, to play in this level, it's the passion. You know how much work needs to be done and put into To me, that's the most important thing, the love for the game, the passion. I feel like I still have that. And then my family, they love to see me play. Um, So if we end quote there, it says, Despite reports suggesting Rene could return to Finland to finish up his playing career, no pun intended, Rene seemed to dismiss that idea and reaffirmed he'd want to retire at the highest level. Um, and he was quoted, I'm not stressing. I'm in a good place just trying to give myself a chance to not regret any decision I make. 
says um, if the Predators decide they want to go in a different direction with their backup position, Rene left open the possibility of joining another team in 21-22. Should he decide to continue his playing career? I don't want to close uh, any doors, he said. Uh, I've always said this is my team. It makes me proud that I've only played for one organization. And then he's quoted, but I want to keep that door open and weigh my options. Um, he does have 60 shutouts and, you know, I have a lot of respect for Pekka Rinne. And he's done a lot for the sport of hockey, especially for Finland. And to me, he's one of the most elite goaltenders, if not one of the high-end goaltenders to come out of Finland. And there are a bunch of others that we could name, but he's the one that really pops up the most when I think of goaltenders and Finnish hockey. Uh, but do I really see that uh, doing anything interesting? Uh, I could see the Devils taking a look at him. He might not command as much money, but... I would be happy for the Devils to um, employ him or the thought of it. But um, there's another thing that um, the fourth period did on May 8th. Um, this may be a little bit older, um, but it talks about the Oilers and Adam Larson could be nearing extension. But um, I think the Oilers are going to be in position to try and keep him, but the Devils should keep an eye on him because he's improved his game a little bit, but, you know, you just don't know. Sometimes, you know, discussions might fall fall apart. And I think, you know, you always should keep tabs on players that might not always, you know, be the most... Uh, Polarizing, but you want the ones that are most effective. Um, so for those of you who are um, su- going to support this podcast, uh, use the VIGIT, V-I-G-I-T, uh, app. It's for all sports, not just hockey. You know, you got the NBA playoffs, you got the NHL, you got the UEFA, uh, Euro uh soccer matches or football you call it um it's interesting i was watching poland play slovakia and a heartbreaker two to one uh then you have hungary playing today uh you have france today as well um then you also have poland playing saturday so for those of you who like to do fantasy wagers here in the u.s it's free and Vigit tokens are great, and if you get over 5,000 Vigit tokens, you can get it for like an Amazon card or something. It's very interesting. I consider, you know, playing this uh, a lot. And for those of you who want to be part of this podcast, you can uh, message me at J-E-R-S-E-Y-D-E-V-I-L-O-G on Twitter at uh, Joe of Jersey on Instagram. So if you want to, you know, keep in touch with me, that's awesome. I'm at Overtime Heroics Hockey uh, at OvertimeHeroics.net. I am Joseph Stanislaw, better known as Jersey Joe. 
and uh, we'll go from there and see you next week and have a wonderful hockey day and uh, let's go Devils.